You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Don't still looking into Maldonado. Now the hands come together. 2-2. That's blooped in the shallow left field. Gonzalez coming in. He'll have to play that on a bounce. And Lynn around third. He will score. Red Sox win it on a walk-off loop single by Mitch Moreland. 6-5 in the bottom of the ninth. This is another Astros podcast. Well, AJ, before this uh, three-game series with the Detroit Tigers, it's a quick turnaround. You guys got in super early in the morning. Just a couple of things about that Boston series that struck me. Number one was the fan support. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that. We talked to a lot of the people around Boston. They don't, they're not sure when Boston has a winning team. They've ever seen it either. That was mm-hmm. impressive, wasn't it? It was really impressive and obviously a great time to be in New England for the sports yeah. weekend with the Texans there. The Astros fans came out loud and, and wearing their orange and, and trying to dominate the uh, Fenway, which is hard to do. You know, we've got a lot of great memories in that ballpark, and, and our fans showed up last year in the division series. They showed up for this series. If we happen to play them again, I bet they'll they'll make the trek again to, to Boston, one of, the, one of the best sports cities to play as a visitor, especially when your home crowd represents. One of the best uh, relief appearances I've seen for such a young pitcher was Josh James on Friday night or Saturday. Uh, just dominance, and it was just not just the, the upper 90s fastball and the great stuff and everything, but using three pitches and, and throwing a, a lot of strikes. He was. He was very impressive, and that's not an easy environment. I mean, yeah. I think these guys make it look easy, and they adjust, and, and and they seem like they can handle it, but that was his second major league outing. He's yeah. in Fenway. He's got you know, 35, 40 screaming fans out there. It's a big spot. He's facing Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez, and and just letting it uh, all leave it out on the field. And, and I loved his demeanor. I loved his poise. His strike throwing was excellent. Um, I went into the game thinking I was going to use him in the sixth inning and, and then maybe the seventh inning. Um, I got him into the eighth inning in a, in a game where we were up by three. That's just a rare opportunity for a young player to establish himself as, as potentially somebody we lean on. And when it, when you gauge a player like that, I, I'm sure you have to be thinking maybe a weapon for you in the postseason. Do you try to get a chance to talk to him between innings so you can see what's going on between the years? A little bit, you know. I just and when he comes off the field, I, I know what our guys are, what they look like, and what they feel like, and and I just kept you know kind of giving them encouragement, saying saying, hey, you're going back out, you're going back out, and okay. and just let him compete, let him do let him do whatever it is um, that you need to do in order to, to, to be a pitcher and go out, go out and, and leave your stuff. His stuff was working in the strike zone. I think that helped him. Yeah. Um, I also think him, him just having this cool, calm demeanor is how, is how he operates. You guys, despite getting into the, the hotel at 4.30 in the morning, you got to get ready for this series with Detroit. They've got enough guys to, to upset you, so you got to be ready in this one. Is there any tricks for you to make sure your guys are ready to go? Well, I'm starting Justin Verlander, which, which immediately, yeah, immediately <laughs> changes the intensity of the day. And, and, and I think him coming back to Comerica, there'll be some energy. Yeah. We're facing an old teammate of ours in Francisco Liriano. Uh, we know there's 19 games ahead to win the division. I, I don't think there's a ton of motivation needed. Um, you know, we'll kickstart our guys. Maybe I start a runner or two. I'm yeah. playing the boys. I'm, not, I'm giving Gurriel the day off. But um, for the most part, our guys knew this was coming from the day the schedule was made out. Um, we also know the opportunity that it's ahead. Our guys show up ready to play. Whenever you've seen a, a guy go back to a stadium where he was so 
prolific, like JV coming back to Comerica. What have you noticed uh, with the player as far as his demeanor? You know, today it'll be different for JV because he's pitching. He'll be so locked in and and, and intense and, and focused on what he needs to do. I'll be interested to see him tomorrow because that's when you go say hi to the grounds group. That's when you go say yeah. hi to the security people. That's when you go say hi to the clubhouse attendants and the former teammates, former coaches, uh, maybe some fans that – that are that are you know you always remember who are always around some faces that you recognize so yeah that it's it'll be interesting to, to see him enjoy Comerica tomorrow and the next day today I think will be all about competing and all about pitching there'll be an extra adrenaline rush for him we got to make sure he runs to the right dugout after the after the yeah. third out of the inning um, but but JV will be pretty focused like he always is is he one of those guys that doesn't like to talk to people before a game I've seen some guys that do some guys that don't yeah he doesn't I mean we'll talk a little bit about defensive positioning and he'll have some questions about some of the hitters like all baseball all business he'll put his headphones on he'll do a study he'll have his meeting with with Martin Maldonado and, and Brent Strom and and get ready for the game as he normally does he goes out he warms up he comes in he's you know gives high fives to all his teammates goes out to the mound and pitches well that's that's been his routine since he's been Astro. AJ you got Gaddis DH today Tyler White on the bench but you have to keep Gaddis sharp don't you? I do because I mean if we want him to come up in a bat he almost pinch hit last night at Fenway with the bases loaded he was um, somebody that we want. He's a, he's a, he's twenty plus home runs and, and a lot of RBIs. So yeah. he's been productive, even though he's been nudged out a little bit um, by Tyler White in the starts. I've got to keep him in there, and and because when he gets hot, he can carry a team as well. Yeah. And I'm uh, I'm not committed to to playing him or not playing him. I'm trying to get guys going, trying to match up the best we can. Um, if you want your bench bats to be good, Tony Kemp comes off the bench, gets a big base hit the other day. Evan Gaddis at some point is going to come off the bench and face a left-handed reliever and be expected to produce, then they need regular at-bats. Man, Altuve was safe. He was safe. He saved yesterday, he's safe today, he'll be safe tomorrow, and, um, and the, review was, the review was wrong. Back with more Astro Launch right after this. Here's the 0-1 pitch, and that's a grounder right to the shortstop. Bogarts comes home, is uh, out at home. Altuve tried to sneak his way to the backside of the plate in reach, but Leon up to the task with the swipe tag. Astros are going to challenge. A.J. Hinch quickly pointing to his ears, telling the umpires what he wants. And Altuve didn't argue. And I thought he may have avoided that tag, too, because the throw was so high. Leon reached for it, even left his feet, and came back down to get that tag on Altuve. I think he's safe. Yeah, I think Leon missed it initially. I'm surprised that they're still conferencing here usually doesn't take this long all right here we go headsets off outer safe outer safe out you got to be kidding me you got to be kidding me I think that was a tough one to determine definitively even though I still thought that Altuve probably beat it that was tough. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Ryan Presley, Astros reliever. And the Astros were just in Boston taking two out of three uh, from the Red Sox. And, of course, you were originally drafted by the Red Sox, played in their system for five years before the Twins selected you in the Rule 5 draft before the, the 2013 season. Are, are there any guys left uh, who you played with coming up in the Red Sox system who are uh, with the Red Sox now? Oh, yeah, there's a couple guys over there still. Um, actually, quite a bit. Uh, Bogarts, uh, Jackie Bradley, Vasquez, Workman, uh, Matt Barnes, you know, a lot of the coaching staff over there I've been around, and uh, it's always good to see them whenever you go back to Boston. Is it 
I mean, it's been a few years now, but is it still uh, a different feeling facing your, your old organization? Uh, yeah, you know, it is weird going over there, and you, you know, you keep in contact with all these guys over the over the off season, and mm-hmm. you always, you know, talk trash, and you know, you try to you say, oh, I'm gonna get you, or you know, I'm gonna get me, and you know, it's just fun. But we like to have fun out there, and you know, facing those guys, it's a good group of guys. So, 2012, you were at Double A, and not protected on the 40-man roster by the Red Sox, which obviously made you eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Were you surprised at the time that, that you weren't protected, and were you surprised that you were selected? Um, I don't I don't really know if I was surprised or not because I really didn't know anything about the Rule 5. Mm-hmm. Um, I just knew that I had a, a strong case uh, in the Arizona Fall <clears throat> League, and I, I thought I threw pretty well. But, um, you know, to be put on the 40-man roster, you, uh, you really have to open some eyes. And, I guess I just didn't open enough en- enough eyes for the Red Sox, um, so you know they they thought they could let me slip through, and um, Minnesota grabbed me, and and now I'm here. So uh, it just how everything kind of plan- planned out. Uh, it just I can't really explain it. You were a starter most of your time in the minor leagues with the Red Sox. I believe it was like your last year and a half with Boston. You you started pitching out of the bullpen. Looking back, do you think that helped you get selected, and not only get selected but stick with the Twins that entire 2013 season? Um. You know, I, that's a great question. I can't really answer that either. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, just, you know, being able to take the ball whenever they ask me to, um, you know, trying to learn the new routine, going from a starter to a reliever, um, that was the biggest challenge for me. Um, but every single time that, you know, you take the ball and you, you warm up, you try to figure out something new that you can do to get better. And, um, you know, progressing through that all the way from the Arizona Fall League to uh, in, in big league camp with the Twins and seeing what these guys do to go about their routines is it was interesting. And, you know, I just try to pick and learn from those guys. Now you're from uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I'd have to imagine NFL season starting off big Cowboys fan. That's a that can be a dirty word in Houston. Yeah, it can be. Um, you know, I was I was kind of uh, born into the Cowboys, though, you know, my granddad flew with Tom Landry in World War II, so I kind of have to love the Cowboys, and, um, you know, just uh, seeing them lose opening week against Carolina was, it was hard to bite my tongue in the clubhouse, but I'm, I know how tough it is for those guys to, to go out there and, you know, knock heads, and, you know, it, it's it's good to have football back on, though. Wait a second, your grandfather flew with Tom Landry in World War II. All right, you're going you're gonna to have to explain a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah, he uh, flew. Uh, he was his co-pilot. Um, you know, I I got to talk to my mom and get the rest of the mm-hmm. rest of the story. But uh, they were, I think, they were best friends in high school, and mm-hmm. um, they, you know, they got to hang out a lot. And you know, my granddad and Mr. Landry just. Did you Did you know your grandfather pretty well growing up? Was Was he around? Yeah, he was around, um, but not not long. I think I was eight or nine when he passed away. So. Did you ever get a chance to, to meet Tom Landry? That was probably before your time, right? Yeah, I don't think I ever got a chance to. I'm sure I was around him when I was a baby, um, but I don't remember any of it. So I guess you came by your Cowboys fandom, honestly. You're not one of these bandwagon guys who uh, just started rooting for them when they started winning all those Super Bowls uh, several years back. No, diehard Cowboy fan. Who's your all-time favorite Cowboys player? Oh, man. Ah, that's a great question. I have to say Thomas Everett, <laughs> only because he coached me in high school. Well, that's a good reason. And you were a pretty good high school football player, too. Was that your favorite sport growing up? Uh, yeah, I, I like football. You know, I, there's a different kind of adrenaline, um, you know, with football and being able to go out there on Friday nights and playing in front of your school and everything like that. That's always fun. And especially in the state of Texas, you know, a lot of guys take a lot of pride in that. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. 
Ryan Presley, Astros reliever. So glad you're in Houston. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Houston Astros Radio Network. There's five Hall of Famers here at Minute Maid Park today. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. And Verlander trying to show all five of them that he may belong in that club. Swing and a miss. Next 14 strikeouts for Verlander. It ties his career high. The Houston Astros. He's not getting older. He's getting better. Radio Network. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.